everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. I am back with Braun. We are here to discuss the Packers' upcoming matchup, upcoming playoff matchup with the Los Angeles Rams this Saturday. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what went down on wildcard weekend in uh, a, a weekend in which the Packers did not play. The players sat back relaxed, watched some football, looked ahead to who they would be playing this weekend, and it ends up being the Los Angeles Rams who beat the Seattle Seahawks last Saturday in an upset, and uh, they'll be coming to Lambeau Field to play us in the divisional round. Braun, how are we feeling about that? Yeah, it's going to be a tough game, and I'm excited to talk about it with you, and you know, there's a lot of things riding here and a lot of little intricate details that we're going to discuss. So, you know, a lot of things to talk about and, and I'm excited. There's definitely a lot to talk about. This is a very, very exciting game. You know, uh, it's there's only eight teams left in the NFL, man. There's only eight teams left and we're one of them. We're st- we still have an opportunity to win the Super Bowl this season. And that is very exciting. You know, y- you can't take it for granted. People, <laughs> I feel like I've already forgotten about the, the 2017 and 2018 seasons, which were just uh, horrible to watch as a Packer fan. We, it gave us our first real taste of a, a poverty franchise almost. But uh, I'm glad we're back two years two years in a row, getting the first round by. We're in the divisional round, getting a home playoff game at Lambeau Field. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. You, you can never take for granted, even though sometimes as Packers fans it's hard, um, you can never take for granted this opportunity, and uh, especially when we feel like we're the best team, uh, in, especially in the NFC. Um, so it feels good, you know, this is a chance for us to climb that mountain once again and, and hopefully stay there this time. And, and, you know, we're going to have to try to get back to the Super Bowl here and we have a great chance to do it. Yeah, it's now been, this is the 10th season since the 2010 season in which the Packers last won a Super Bowl. It's, it's been a long time. And if you would have told, uh, seventh grade me just watching that, uh, that NFC championship game against the Seattle Seahawks. In 2014, if you would have told him that the Packers would not have a Super Bowl by now, uh, he would have been very, very upset and probably wouldn't have believed you. But that's that's where we are, man. It's getting late. Rodgers, he's 37. It's like, this is, has to be the year. This has to be the year. We can we cannot let these years slip away from us. We cannot waste a 13-3 season, uh, first, ra- first round by, first seed in the NFC, home field advantage. We cannot let that slip away. This, this has to be the year. Yeah, we're running out of chances here. I mean... For starters, Aaron's 37, and he's not getting any younger, obviously, even though he played in an all-time level this year. There's only so many years left that we have of him. Plus, you know, looking into the future a little bit, you know, there's rumors of the cap going down and different things involving, you know, we're not going to have the same opportunity to acquire players uh, in that in that light. And, you know, we're running out of opportunities for him. And, and just because... You know, with Jordan Love in the picture now, who knows, you know, when they make a decision on that whole situation. So we got to capitalize on, on this chance with home field advantage after a bye um, where we feel like we're the best team to really take advantage and come out on top. Yep. Too many, just <laughs> so many just horrible playoff losses in Roger's career that were just not most of them were not even a product of his of his performance PFF had a stat out today that he had a he has a 90.8 grade in his playoff career which is the highest of any quarterback that's that's really that really sums up his playoff success like it doesn't matter how well he plays at times when just the people around him ruin it and the defense has given up 40 points a game in so many playoff losses of ours but uh, this, I feel like this year just has to be different, especially looking around the NFC. We got the Rams, who are going to be a very, very tough matchup. But, you know, it's like the Bucks. I think the Bucks. 
let's get into this, okay? Let's let's discuss a little bit about Wild Card Weekend, what went down. The Bucks right now are the the scariest team to me. And coming into the weekend, I wanted to see the Bucks uh, more than I wanted to see the Rams in the opening round of the playoffs uh, for the Packers. But just because that that Rams defense since since like midseason, I've just been that defense just scares that living hell out of me, and I think they're going to really cause issues for us. But uh, after this weekend, I don't know the Bucks. They it seems like that offense has really turned it on. Playoff Brady is in full effect. They beat the they beat the football team on Saturday night, thirty one to twenty three. It was closer than people thought it would be, but uh, I still think the Bucks look very scary. Uh, then the Saints and Bears they played. Saints won twenty one to nine. Neither of those teams look good. I'm, I continue to not be afraid of the Saints, and when people pick them to go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, it it goes over my head just because I. I don't know what they're really good at. I don't think they're really good at anything. I don't know what their identity is as a football team. So they don't really scare me. Obviously, the Bears, it's a miracle they even made the playoffs. But uh, as of right now, the Bucks are the team I'm most afraid of. Ron, what were your thoughts coming out of wildcard weekend? Well, a lot of good games, for one. Um, you know, it started with some some good AFC action, and then we saw those two NFC games on that Saturday. Um, which ended up being very interesting, of course, um, with the uh, with the Buccaneers in that last game, and um, obviously the Rams beating Seattle in that upset situation, which I th- I thought that had a chance to happen, and and it did, and a lot of things went into that game, and we're going to talk about that as well. Um, but with the Bucks, you know, no, it's hard because they've got Tom Brady, and we know that he has more experience than anybody playing in games like this. Uh, and the farther we go, you know, of course he has that experience as well. And he's an all-time great, obviously. So it's tough to face a guy like that who has complete control over um, everything he wants to do. And the only thing that limits him is, is his physical ability. But even that is still looking pretty good at this rate because um, he's, he's having success. So for the Buccaneers, it comes down to their defense, and it starts with, you know, obviously those guys in the middle, Devin White, Levante David, um, and then they've got th- that run defense that starts with Ndamukong and Sue, um, and then, of course, you've got those corners, um, and that's probably at this point the weak point of their, of their defense. So that's, you know, it's not an easy matchup. Of course, we saw what they did to us earlier in the season, 38-10. to 10. We know the story, but you know, I'm, I really, I can't say I'm afraid or scared or worried about any team, especially the Rams. And we'll talk about that, but you know, I just think the Packers are better than, than all these teams. And if we execute, um, to our highest of levels and, you know, if we don't beat ourselves, we should be able to beat anybody in our way. Yeah. Let's get into the Rams right away. Um, so we talked about this, Braun, and I'm definitely more worried about this matchup than you are. That's safe to say, and let me tell you why. I don't want to be a hater. I don't want to be a pessimist. I I think this team is great. I think they're the best team in the NFC. But there are some things that just make me anxious about this team, specifically this offense, which is whenever we see them go up against really good pass rushes and really good coverage units, pretty much really good defenses, uh, things tend to get a little bit ugly and they don't really have any answers. That's something that Matt LaFleur isn't really great at. He still has room to improve in with 
offensive answers when mid-game, the game plan they had worked on over the week isn't going their way. He doesn't have anything to counter that. And he tends to get stuck in a hole where he just keeps trying it over and over and over again. And it just never ends up working out. And against bad teams like the Panthers and Jaguars, it was no big deal because our defense could shut down their offense. But against good teams like the two San Fran games last year and uh, the Tampa Bay game this year, things tend to get a little bit ugly. Now, I don't want to say that this is going to be ugly. This could totally just be, uh, this could be a Packers blowout win if Rodgers is playing on fire, Devontae and Matt LaFleur comes in with a great game plan, which we've seen him do. This offense, it's the best offense in the league for a reason. But um, I I am just a little weary just because that idea of that possibility could occur is always lurking in my mind. Well, right. I mean, but that's really unprecedented at this point more like an anomaly than anything. And and if that happens, you know, it'd be disappointing, obviously, especially in the first round coming off a season like this. But what gives me confidence is what, what's so different about us this year. This is a different team than even, you know, when we lost to Tampa Bay, this is a completely different team. You know, we're a different team than we were last year. And with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and, and everybody in this building, it's just a, it feels like this really is the, the clear best team in the NFC and it very well could be the best team in the NFL. And that has never been more clear, um, especially, you know, with this, with this Matt LaFleur um, in this Matt LaFleur era, as well as in years past, um, even beyond, you know, all the way dating back to 2011 was probably the the last time where you felt like this was the best team, truly the best team in the NFC. And you, and you could really back that up, um, without just a, a gut feeling or a hope because you have Aaron Rodgers, you'll have a chance to win it all. But with, with what we have now, just the way we're playing the execution, the level of it all, this really feels like we are truly unbeatable if we do everything at our own pace and, and by our own standards. And, and if we're able to accomplish all the things we want to do and execute it at a high level, at the level we want, we shouldn't have to worry about these other teams that are in our way. We're just really have to, we just have to make sure we do what we want to do. Um, and at the end of the day, we should come out with a win against anybody we play, like I've said. Yeah, that's very true. And you're probably more correct than I am. I'm just, I, I've gone through too many of these playoff losses. I'm just, I'm naturally anxious about these games and I'm always thinking about what could go wrong. And that's where I'm at right now because this team really scares me. But I'm thinking well, that... Well, let me hear real quick. I do want to say this is not the same team that has Aaron Rodgers carrying it on its back and is just praying that the defense doesn't give up 30 points. This defense is legitimate, and it's not like we've got Ladarius Gunter guarding Julio Jones in the NFC Championship game. It's not like that anymore. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the league's best corner. We've got the two of the top, you know, however many safeties. We've got elite safeties. We've got pass rushers, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, that do a great job at what they do. And then we've got, of course, Kenny Clark in the middle. We added a guy in Snacks Harrison who's going to defend the interior and hopefully help on those early rundowns. Um, and we've got a lot of talented guys everywhere. And that's just the defense, and, and that gives you more confidence in this team as well. And then you go and look at the offensive side, and we've got Devontae Adams, and nobody's going to guard him. And I'll tell you why Jalen Ramsey's not going to be able to guard him either uh, this Saturday. And then you've got, of course, Aaron Jones, the super dynamic threat uh, in the backfield that can do it all. The offensive line, even without David Bakhtiari, one of the best in the league. 
and everything is cohesive. We're executing. It's, it's all, everything's coming to plan and it's working perfectly. And we're just so in sync right now that as a unit, we're better than the sum of our parts. And it's just, it's, it's amazing to see. And, and that's why I feel more confident than ever in this team. That is very true. Everything you said is very, very true. And what does give me confidence about this game is the fact that if the Rams are able to win this one, it's going to be like, they're going to have to totally, totally just shut down the offense, the likes of which we haven't seen since week six, at least. Uh, Because I have no faith, absolutely no faith in Jared Goff coming in and playing well. I just don't think that's going to happen. Like two weeks removed from a surgery on his thumb uh, and playing at Lambeau Field in the cold, which he's done twice in his career and has played horribly in both games. I do not think that they are going to be able to throw the ball on us at least. And then when you get into the run game, we now have Snacks Harrison who can control the line of scrimmage at nose tackle, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, our front, our front four, at the very least, maybe even our if you throw the linebackers in there too, our front seven is very promising, and I don't think that the that the Rams are going to have success running on us, the likes of which San Fran did last year. Because I think that that game against Tennessee really gave me confidence in this run defense. And now that you throw in Snacks Harrison, that's taking away snaps from Lancaster, who is a very big liability on the defensive line. So I don't think it's going to be much of an issue in the run game. So that does make me confident. You're right about the fact that Rodgers is not carrying this team like he used to do in the in the postseason. Uh, so, if anything, this this team might have to have to carry the offense at times because I think uh, the offense is going to sh- uh, struggle more than the defense will in this game, to say the least. Because I think the defense is going to have a lot of success against the Rams' offense. Well, I, honestly, if you ask me, I I think both parts of the you know both sides of the ball I think are going to have plenty of success. Um, let's talk about it. I mean, okay, let's look at the Rams here. We saw what they did to Seattle. They went in and, and beat uh, the Seahawks uh, in their place with, you know, John Wolford starting, Jared Goff inserted after he leaves, you know, in an ambulance, with a, and which ended up being a stinger, so not anything too serious. But, you know, Jared Goff comes in and does the job with a broken thumb, 12 days removed, played really well, impressive stuff from him. Um, and it, it was, you know, it was impressive. Everything was surprising. Um, the way their running game really flourished against one of the better run defenses. Um, the way that Goff was able to still connect with, with Cooper Cup. Um, mo- mostly Cup. Robert Woods didn't have a fantastic game, but he was still involved. Um, but that connection is real, and that's going to be one that Jair is going to be right on. That's going to be his, you know. Um and their defense, of course, smothered everything the Seahawks were trying to do. Um, but but uh, if looking at Seattle, their their opponent, um, I you know they've been struggling since the middle of the season, Russell Wilson especially. And of course, the big play was when um, uh, one of their corners uh, took back a screen uh, for a pick six, and and that was of course impressive. And that's something obviously the guy watched on tape and and was able to sniff out. So, you know, there's just the defense is good, and we know that. They've got good players, um, so we're going to talk all about that too. And, and I'm, all I know is that it was impressive what they did in Seattle, but I don't think we're the same team as Seattle, and I think it's going to be a different story. Well, yeah, and going into the game, I picked the Seahawks to win that, and you picked the Rams. And in hindsight, <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know why I didn't see that game 
going how it did go because the Rams defended the Seahawks just as well they did, just as well as they did uh, in the first two matchups between them where the Seahawks just cannot figure out how to move the freaking football at all and it's really just cuz LA is such a bad matchup for Seattle offensively that they can't do anything because LA takes away anything deep they're not going to let anything go over their heads they keep everything in front of them and Seattle they live and die on the deep passing game. They hardly do any of the quick stuff, and when they do, they're not very productive. And uh, obviously, the the Rams have a great run defense as well with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Michael Brockers. They shut down everything on the ground, and Wilson just could not get anything cooking. As well, Wilson hasn't cooked very much these past like ten weeks, but he struggled mightily against the Rams in this wild card game. And uh, yeah, coming out of it, I definitely should have seen that coming, that the Rams would be able to shut them down again. So that that's definitely part of my pessimism, just the fact that we're coming off of that game where I watched the Rams defense just shut down Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in football. But uh, it's, that is just really just a horrible matchup. But what more can you say about that defense? They have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, two of the best defensive players, two of the best players in football, period. Aaron Donald might be the best player in football. He might He's probably one of the best interior defenders ever, top three at least. He is nutso. He's been nuts for his entire career pretty much. And uh, the last time we, we played the Rams, Aaron Donald – uh, almost ate Aaron Rodgers alive on a couple of occasions. So I'm I'm pretty scared of that, but we do have Corey Lindsley. We do have Elton Jenkins, two of the best interior pass protectors in football. So hopefully they're able to limit his productivity in the game. But Jalen Ramsey, that matchup against Devontae Adams is one that every football fan in the world is going to be watching for because it's all pro versus all pro. Arguably the best cornerback in football, some would say Jair Alexander, and uh, the best wide receiver in football going at it and they have uh never played against you well week one 2016 they did play uh when Ramsey was still in the Jaguars but I think I think Devon Devon House was their number one corner at the time so we didn't really see uh the two of them face off much so this is really going to be the first time in their careers that they're going at it and that should be really fun to watch I'm interested to see how well Devontae is able to do against Jalen Ramsey and if he does do well that's going to be that's going to be very (laughs) that's going to be very fun well, if, when I'm looking at this Rams defense, the guys that stand out are, one, their young corner, Darius Williams, the guy who made that play in Seattle, that pick six. He's a 5'9 guy, and yes, he's a cornerback. I'm not sure you know, who he's going to cover successfully on this team. MVS, he'll beat him deep, and, and Rodgers can hit him over the top. Lazard, he's 6'5". So I mean, if if he if he gets if he tries to get covered by him, it's I mean, that's that's going to be over quick, in my opinion. And then of course Devonte will have his way with just about anybody. Um, so you know that's one of their guys that they rely on to have a lot of success. But the Packers don't have that true slot guy, that smaller type of receiver that all these other teams have. You know, including teams like Seattle who have guys that are under six foot playing the position. Green Bay just doesn't have much of that. So. You know, I, when I look at this group of receivers versus these corners, Jalen Ramsey is that guy. Yes, he's he's the number one, you know, one of the top corners in the league. Jair Alexander, like you mentioned, I'll take over him. But, you know, Jalen Ramsey, he's great, but he does allow catches at times. You know, he allowed a touchdown to DK Metcalf last week. And, you know, that's a guy that he matches up really well with because he's a physical guy that is not a – you know, not one of those dynamic route runners 
where 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 Jalen can just really use his strength and toughness against some of those bigger guys. Um, but Devontae is going to be that finesse type of receiver that that Jalen won't have the easiest time with. Um, and I think Devontae is really going to do well in even even if there's not many snaps that we see that matchup because the Packers will move Devontae all around the uh, all around the field um, in the slot and, and other things like that. Um, when that matchup does occur, I think Devontae has a pretty clear advantage. Yeah, Ramsey is very, very much a physical corner. And Devontae was talking about on the Chris Collinsworth podcast last week about how he doesn't let corners jam him. He wins with his feet. He doesn't use his hands. He gets clean re- releases almost every snap. So I do think that that matchup is going to go in Devontae's favor. And I do expect the Packers to move him around, especially in the slot. It'll be interesting to see if Jalen shadows him into the slot because he hasn't done a lot of that this season. But I, I think the Rams go three deep at corner. They have dip, uh, Darius Williams, who's been fantastic all year. The pick six was his best play of the season, but that play was incredible, by the way. But he's been playing insanely, insanely well all season long. And then Troy Hill in the slot isn't isn't that bad either. He's pretty, he's pretty solid there too. So I expect the Packers to move Devontae around, get him matched up with Troy Hill who is probably their worst cornerback, but he's still pretty good. So it's going to be tough for the Packers to get any kind of separation outside of Devontae when he's on Jalen Ramsey. So I expect them to move him around inside. Yeah, like you said, Darius Williams is that other guy next to Jalen Ramsey on the other side um, that they rely on. Uh, but like I mentioned, you know, his 5'9 height is probably something that we can exploit potentially, especially if we have a guy like Alan Lazard in the mix there. Um, to go off against him a couple times. And, and I think Lazard could have a pretty nice day um, on Saturday. And yeah, like you said, the slot is probably their, you know, the worst of their corner, uh, their three-headed monster at corner, which is, you know, they've got three really good guys there. Um, so wherever Devontae goes, though, it's it's really, you know, it's not even a worry of, of who is in front of him. Uh, it's just about what they want to execute and, and how he wants to, you know, get that done. Um, because we're going to be able to pretty much do that regardless of who that is that it's in front of him. Yeah, and another thing that the Rams do a lot of is they disguise their defenses better than anyone at football. It's They always show two high safeties. Pretty much every snap they're showing two high safeties, but they usually will rotate out of that if they're running single high or uh, cover zero or something like that. They'll rotate out of the two high look, but they always start in two high. And that's uh, their defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, is a Vic Fangio disciple. Coming, He was coached with him in Chicago, coached with him in Denver before he got hired this year by L.A. And he runs a lot of the same concepts that Fangio ran. And Rodgers is very familiar with Vic Fangio, obviously, being with the Bears for that many years. And he, we played Denver last year, too. So this, this isn't a very new schematic defense for Rodgers. And if there's anything that gets a defense to tip its hand uh, when they're disguising coverages, it's the hard count. And <laughs> who's better at the hard count than Aaron Rodgers? I expect him to use that a lot on Sunday. The, he's, <laughs> I mean, all year he's been bringing the play clock down to zero before the snap, and I don't think that's going to change on Sunday because he's going to try and get every clue he can get from this defense. Absolutely, and I think something that we'll see, like you mentioned, is that those two high safeties, you know, they're very good players, both of them. John Johnson is an all-pro caliber player, and he's just gotten better every year um, that he's been in the league. And then next to him is is Jordan Fuller, who's had a great year, a strong run defender, probably a little bit of a weakness in the passing game. Um, but he's still, you know, he's a great complement to what John Johnson does. The only real weakness in this defense is those linebackers, probably similar to what you could say about Green Bay when the Rams are looking at, at what we do on defense. Um 
I could see similar game plan for these teams on offense, attacking that middle of the field stuff, um, those mesh concepts, really. A lot of underneath uh, stuff in the flat even um, that gets guys open like Devontae uh, to catch a ball in the middle. And we saw this with Tampa Bay too. That was the game plan against Tampa Bay. Um, although those two linebackers that they have there um, are very legitimate, they must have seen something else that they could exploit in the middle. Um, and I think we could see a similar game plan um, on Saturday with these linebackers. Yeah, definitely. I think that's going to be really what the Packers are going to have to do because the Rams, they, they've only allowed 13 completions this season over 20 yards. They don't give up anything deep. They they do not. They let you pick them apart, and that's going to be something that Rodgers has to do. He's going to have to stay patient, and if he's not getting the shot play, I don't know what to tell you, dude. You're not taking it because it's not worth it. Just give take what the defense is going to give you. And uh, we've seen Tom Brady this season get a little too, little too greedy throwing deep he threw two awful awful picks when he played the Rams uh earlier this season and that's going to be something that Rodgers has to avoid I'm hoping he doesn't turn into 2019-2018 Rodgers where he's just turning down the open stuff looking for the big play because he hasn't hit one in a a few quarters I'm hoping we don't see any of that because he's going to have to have to stay patient against this defense and that's you know that's why maybe it won't be as high scoring as other games but there is also the scenario where you know, we've got the better, you know, our quarterback is better than that defense. Our, you know, Devontae Adams is better than those corners. We could see a scenario where we're able to execute some of the deep stuff. I mean, it wouldn't be shocking. Of course, you know, that's a great defense. And, and like you said, they're great against the big plays and defending them. But I wouldn't be shocked, you know. I mean, Green Bay is not going to change what they want to do based on the opponent in front of them when they're doing it at such a high level. They'll take it into account. But what they want to execute, they're not, they're not worried about – about failing to execute. They're going to try to do it because they know and believe that we're going to be able to do it regardless of who's in front of us. Right. And that's at times what's killed this offense is when they don't execute, regardless of who's in front of them, when they're unable to do the easy things, when they're getting in their own way, that's what's really held this offense back. But I the assume only team that's that, going to be able to beat us is ourselves. If we can't execute, yeah, then, then that's the way we lose because when we're playing at our highest level, we're going to beat anybody. But if we're not doing that, that's where we become vulnerable. Yeah, and that's where they've been vulnerable this season. Uh, no matter what level of the offense it is, with the receivers dropping, Rodgers not seeing the field, LaFleur not coaching a great game, penalties, whatever it may be, that's the only time this offense has been limited this season um, when they just they just get in their own way. So if you know what, you're, you're kind of right about how we just execute better than they will, that we're going to be fine because – we have the best offense in the NFL. We have an MVP quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest of all time. We have the best receiver in the NFL. And then on defense, we're going to shut them down. I have no faith that they're going to be able to put up a lot of points. So if we can score 20, if we score 20 points, I think we win the game. Yeah, I would say three touchdowns will do it. And I'm really not concerned. Frankly, I mean, look, Jared Jared Goff, he, yes, he played well against the Seahawks. But that secondary is not great. We've got a great secondary. I think that's debatable. I don't. I don't know how well he played against the Seahawks. He, played, he, he good enough. He did the job. I think. I mean, it, considering you know all things considered, I was impressed. Uh, just based on right you know, his thumb alone, and then he was able to throw that touchdown pass at the end to Cooper Cup. You know, I was pretty impressed with the way he played. Able to do the job. You know, not going into the game as that starting quarterback. 
things in flux on offense, he was able to come in and play better than he had in the last few weeks. Yeah, all things considered, he played well with the thumb and everything. But I don't know. I don't, if Wolford's starting, Wolford might start. You know, we still don't really know who they're going to put out he there has, if Wolford's okay. He hasn't practiced, so I'm expecting it to be golf. Yeah, well, either way, I mean, <laughs> I don't – I, I don't think either of those quarterbacks gives the Rams a distinct advantage over the other one. No, I mean, well, you know, Wolford probably opens things up more a little bit athletically in the running game um, with his running ability. But I think Goff, you know, he hasn't been playing great this year overall. Um, there were some games that, you know, we've watched of him and, and he's just throwing some some real ducks, like where, you know, I'm just really questioning – because there was years, you know, in years past, he throws these balls um, with a lot of zip. You know, his throwing motion's a little long, um, not not even close to the quickness of Rodgers. Um, but, you know, there was games where he had a strong ball that was quick and accurate. Um, but recently, he's been throwing balls, you know, with the really loose spiral um, that have been off the mark a lot of times. Yeah, and McVay does not trust that man, even a little bit. Right, right. You know, they're the amount of RPOs they're doing compared to, you know, years past is a lot less. Um, they're barely doing any at this point. Uh, and that's because they don't trust his decision-making because he's frankly getting frazzled, um, you know, in there and, and his ability to throw is not in the same way that it has been in years past. So um, with the ball gripping situation too, you know, against on Saturday, it's going to be not freezing cold temperatures. Like we've seen, not the frigid frozen tundra that we've seen, but it'll be probably below freezing for sure. Um, and, of course, that has an impact on on ability to hold the ball. And with that thumb on his throwing hand, um, it's not going to be easy. And I expect a lot of opportunities for interceptions for this Packers defense. One of my favorite clips someone posted on Twitter last year was Jared Goff at the line of scrimmage. And he's just he's about to snap the ball. He does a hard count and then he just sits and stands for like five seconds where you can tell McVay is just talking into his helmet. And then he makes an audible and snaps the ball. It's, 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 he's like McVay's grandson. He's like his little kid He's he holds his hand at every level. And like you said, golf used to, people used to really be high on golf, think he could be something in the league, but these days, I don't know. He just does not look good, and he looks very uncomfortable under pressure. Especially, he just he just has not been able to figure out figure it out under pressure. Well, the the funny thing is about that is you know he's really hasn't been under pressure all that much this year, and uh, you know the the Rams haven't allowed a ton of sacks either. Um, and I think it's mostly just Goff in his own head, the confidence issue. Um, and of course, now this thumb is going to harbor a lot on that as well. That it's just going to it's not going to be easy for him um, against this secondary, especially and and the pass rush that we're going to bring. I don't see the Rams scoring a ton. I really don't. I, you know, like I mentioned, twenty one points really for me that'll seal the deal for Green Bay, and I expect us to score more than that. But you know, I I just don't think that the Rams are going to be able to put up the number of points that we're going to be able to put up, and and I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with us. Well, they certainly don't have as many answers as we do, I don't think. They don't have Rodgers, first of all. They don't have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. They don't have Aaron Jones. Like, it's just our offense, just no matter what kind of hole they fall into, I feel like they always have a different way of getting out of it. At Most times they do. Sometimes we've seen them not have that. But the Rams, I don't know. If we shut down the run game, 
what are they going to do? Just that a bootleg every play? Like I don't trust. I don't think McVay trusts Jared Goff to go straight drop back, play actual quarterback uh, like Rodgers would. Well, this, let me tell you this. There's a reason he didn't start that game, and you watched what he did physically. He wasn't all that limited physically. You know, I mean, of course, he he was very ginger with the way he was moving his hand. Uh, if you look closely, and I was watching it as well, um, I was really watching that, that hand of his quite a bit. I was keeping an eye on him and what he was doing because I thought that, you know, the way the game was going, it was going to be a possibility that we see them um, in the divisional round, which is obviously now the case. You watch him in that game, he'd, he'd get hit. And he'd be on the ground, and he'd he'd give he'd give one of his teammates his right hand, and then he'd pull it back and take the left hand, help him, had have guys help him up, and things like that. So he's obviously feeling pain. I, I'm sure it's less as the days go by, but you know that's still a reality for him, and it's got to be uncomfortable. But there's a reason he didn't start that game. They put in John Wolford, a guy who hadn't played much at all. He played in Week 17, and this was going to be a playoff game for him after one NFL game. And that must show you the level of confidence that Sean McVay has in Jared Goff, which is, or I should say, the lack thereof. Um, so for me, it's going to be interesting to see if Goff can carry over what he did on, uh, you know, on that on that wild card game last week, and uh, see if he can do it against this Packers defense. I think it's going to be a real challenge for him, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if John Wolford was healthy. I would expect him to be starting. McVay's dream scenario in this game, I believe, is the San Fran game, the NFC Championship game last year, where Jimmy Jimmy G throws six completions and they run for like 250 yards and score 37 points. I think McVay really wants to not have to have Goff throw the ball very often. Uh, and, you know, very similar quarterbacks there too, Jimmy G and Jared Goff, you know, carried by their offensive play designer and play caller who are, you know, kind of average NFL talents. So, Really, from a defensive standpoint, we kind of have to attack this in a way we would in a rematch versus the same Seahawks or the same uh, 49ers team we saw in the playoffs last year, where we we might have to kind of attack this how we attack the Titans, where we use base defense way more often than we usually do. We use dime personnel, six defensive backs on almost 50% of our snaps, leads the league by a mile. But against the Titans, we used uh, base 40% of the time with three defensive linemen. We might have to take that approach again this week because we know McVay isn't going to want to use golf very much and they're going to try and run the ball as much as they can with as much as they can with Cam Akers. So I think that might be the approach there. And then with Snacks Harrison, I'm really excited about Snacks Harrison in this game because I think he's really going to be able to to control the line of scrimmage in a way that the combination of Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster just weren't able to with uh, Kenny Clark there in the middle. Yeah, I think you put it really well there when you talk about what they're going to do with Goff. And, and I think Matt LaFleur recognizes that. Uh, we heard Preston and Zadarius today talk about, you know, they were asking uh, how, you know, what the, what the difference will be rushing the quarterback like Goff with, with a thumb that he's got that's, that's just been surgically repaired. You know, do they make any pass rushing adjustments against a guy like that? And, you know, they both responded with the idea that they haven't even discussed the pass rush against this team yet that they're really solely focused on stopping the run. And I think they see it coming. They see a limited Jared Goff. They see, you know, a dynamic runner in Cam Akers who had a, a great day last week, 120 something yards um, against a good Seattle run D. And, you know, we could see the, for the first time in a long time, 
this Packers defense continually. Now, this is a couple of weeks that we've seen them commit to stopping the run. It started with that game against Derrick Henry, and we saw them do a nice job on David Montgomery as well. And, and now we've got Cam Akers, and he's been good. Um, but this Packers defense is keying in on stopping the run. And, you know, hopefully then the, the idea is to make Jared Goff have to throw the ball um, against our elite secondary. And Snacks Harrison, of course, is going to add a lot to that, especially on early downs. And I'm gonna, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be shocked if we do a great job on Cam Akers and, and force Goff to throw it early because we've put up points and they're just not having success. You know, something that I'm thinking about right now is that Mike Pettin really wants, really wants to approach the defense how Brandon Staley does for the Rams, where they play with light boxes, they play with light personnel, they have two high safeties on almost every snap. But they're still able to. They the Rams have like the third best run defense, even with all those light boxes and light personnel and two high safeties. Mike Pettin wants to have that defense, but he hasn't been able to because of the interior defensive line, in my opinion, which and the linebackers too, which have been a real hole on this defense for the past couple of years. But now with Snacks Harrison, I don't know. I, he might be able to get away with playing nickel and dime, and you know, playing the pass, which he always wants to do, and still have a good run defense and not let them run all over us, which we've seen the 49ers do, the Vikings do. We've seen teams do that when they approach it that way. So he might be able to get away with now with Snacks Harrison playing the pass while also having a good run defense. I, you know, personally, I think that it's going to come down for Green Bay. It's going to come down to what they can do on defense against this team. Uh, that'll, that'll really determine what the outcome of this game is. If for some reason we fall apart in some capacity, if we let Cam Akers run all over us, if if we're leaving holes open in the secondary, easy throws for, for Jared Goff, then we're going to have to try to get into a shootout with a team with a lot of elite talent that can make big plays, um, that will create turnovers, you know, if we let them. That That's where we could run into some trouble. That is where we could run into a potential situation that could become a loss. But if we stick with our game plan, if we do our job on defense, if we if we continue to hold teams, even you know that have been playing really well, like the Titans, the Bears that came in hot, if we continue to hold them to less than twenty points and things of that nature, I expect a game similar to what we've seen in the last few weeks, where the Packers have a lot and and the other team doesn't score very much. Where do you think the offensive production needs to come from? Do you think it needs to come from the running game? Do you think they need to stick with the the play-action game maybe or just keying in on Devontae, finding ways to get the ball in his hands, which is a game plan we've seen LaFleur utilize in certain games throughout the past two years? What do you think the offensive production is really running through in this game? Well, for me, you know, Aaron Jones is the guy that I'm looking at because of two reasons. First of all, he's going to have a strong impact in the passing game that he maybe hasn't had in recent weeks. I think he's going to get back involved in that aspect, and not only the and, and that in the running game as well. Um, we saw what Seattle did against the Rams in the running game, rushing for a, over 130 yards, and that was you know kind of an anomaly from what they had been doing all year. One of the top run defenses in the league, but of course, Aaron Donald missed the last few quarters of that game. So we'll see what happens. You know, we don't know how healthy he is, by the way, he's got torn rib cartilage. He says he has no pain. I'm not sure how true that is, but it looks like he's going to play. We'll see how limited he is or whatever the case is. But I think we have to attack that middle of the defense. That includes those linebackers that we mentioned that are probably the weakness of that defense. 
and the guys like Aaron Donald and others in the front, you know, to avoid those 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 uh, those edge rushers really because they've got a strong strong group of edge rushers and it starts with uh, Leonard Floyd who has been great. Um, he's he's had a strong impact for them since he signed um, from Chicago, of course, and and he's done good things for them. Um, and Brockers as well has been great. Um, so for me, I want to stay away from those guys on the outside and I want to make sure that we really attack the middle with that running game and get Aaron Jones going, um, which will open up the passing game as well. Well, the best way to take out a great defensive lineman in the run game is to run power right at him. And so that might be the the approach that the Packers use on Aaron Donald, assuming he's playing the majority of snaps, which again, we we're we're not really sure of at this time. Um, But I think, I think for me, it's just the wrong game for sure. I think Aaron Jones, and like you said about the pass game, that's something that I don't think green Bay does enough of with Aaron Jones. He's one of the best receiving backs in the league and they don't really utilize him a lot, a whole lot in that, in that type of way. And I feel like they're just kind of leaving food on the table with him in that way. Uh, early on in the season, he was pretty involved, but it's kind of kind of tapered off here. But for this game against the Rams, I think the play action game is really going to be what this offense lives and dies on in the passing game, at least. Because the Rams defense, if they have a weakness anywhere, it's against play action. They're they rank twenty second in yards per attempt and against play action and. Rodgers has been one of the best quarterbacks. I think he's been the best quarterback ever utilizing play action this season. He's thrown 21 touchdowns, no interception, just phenomenal. And so I think that's really going to be where Matt LaFleur keys in on and runs all the bootlegs, all the play action chops. And maybe we can get something deep against this defense if we're if we're running the ball successfully and using play action off of it. Because that's where I think the real mismatch is between this Packers offense and Rams defense. Yeah, I think, you know, we have that talent to combat what they've got going on defense. We talked about Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. We've got those elite guys like Aaron, like like Aaron Jones, like Devontae Adams that can combat everything they're doing. And in the cold, you know, I think we really have the advantage. And and something else that I do want to mention about this this game is the the time difference. And it's going to be two hours um, for them. And that's going to be, you know, that's a, that's a legitimate thing. Um, we've seen green Bay have trouble dealing. And I think it's a, a pretty large aspect of it. You know, when they travel to these West coast games, it's a three hour, it's a two hour difference, three hours on the East coast, two hours from, from Wisconsin. Um, so this time that's in their favor and that's not something we've seen very often. So we could see that have an impact as well. Uh, where the team could come out, you know, not wanting to be in the cold. It's it's always, you know, 70 degrees plus and sunny in, in, in L.A. And, you know, of course, it's not going to be that on Saturday. So for me, that could be an impact where, where the Rams just really aren't are kind of feeling miserable out there um, in that cold weather that Green Bay thrives on. You know, people are telling me that I'm overrating that aspect of the game that the weather isn't going to have that big of a deal. I think I'm underrating it. I think we're all underrating how big the weather is going to be a factor, and it's not going to be that cold. I think it's going to be in the 30s, honestly, but hopefully it's cold as possible when the sun goes down at least. 
But I think that's going to be a major, major factor. Like you said, the West Coast, the time zone difference, and we're going to have like 8,000, 9,000 fans there. So we have some kind of crowd noise advantage. But Lambeau Field is one of the only real home field advantages in 2020 because of the weather. And then when a West Coast team is coming through, it's definitely an advantage there as well. And they play in a dome. They're not they're not going to be used to this slick and slippery field that the frozen tundra they're not going to be used to that. So I think that's actually going to play a real advantage, especially when you look at Jared Goff's splits uh, when he's played below 30 degrees, which have been horrendous. I think it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, Goff has zero touchdowns and five interceptions in two games in the cold, you know, under 32 degrees. He's only done it twice in his NFL career, and and that, that was the result of it. So. You know, take that for what you will. But Rodgers, on the other hand, he's 10-0 as a starter for the Packers in games below freezing temperatures since 2016. Uh, and he's thrown 26 touchdowns and just one interception in those games. So you could tell the difference of quarterback play, especially in these in these frozen temperatures. Yeah, you hear all the guys talk about how, how much of an advantage it is playing when it's that cold outside. It's because... I think it was Rodgers who said you're just you got to think about how how you're much less miserable than the opposing team is because they practice in it they they play in it all week they're so used to it an LA Los Angeles California team coming to Wisconsin that's not going to be easy for them no and you know like I said the temperature difference from you know what it will be like on I'm sure on a Saturday in LA probably in the high 70s you know it's expected to be somewhere in the 34 and below range. I'm sure it'll get closer to 32 around game time and, and as the game progresses, probably even lower. Um, so we'll see. I mean, the sun will go down around that time and, and we'll see, um, you know, hopefully that, that factors into the temperature. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a, it's real. It's more than real. It's, you know, football is 90% mental and people say that all the time and it's going to have a large impact on every player's mental state. They're going to be thinking how cold they are they want to get back. They're all going to be thinking, oh, I want to get in those coats on the sideline. I want to get to the heater. I want to, you know, and then they're, <laughs> they're all going to huddle up next to the heater. And then when they have to go back out there again, it feels even colder, colder than it would. Um, you know, so it's all about strategy and it's all about how you can try to defeat the cold. And these teams that have no experience doing it, um, like the Tennessee Titans, who we saw, you know, with the snow involved as well, just absolutely struggle. Um, and a team from LA, you know, with really no experience in that at all, especially at the the most important position in the game at quarterback, when he's got a broken thumb and not playing well as it is. I mean, how could you, you know, how, that's why I'm really not worried about this game. There's so many aspects in our favor. We've got fans in the building. Finally, Um, you know, for the most part, we're healthy. We're coming off a bye. They're extremely banged up. They're, you know, many of their elite players, they've got their left guard who's banged up. Edwards. They've got Cooper Cup. He had a bad-looking injury that ended up being fine, but we don't know how healthy he truly is. Same thing with Aaron Donald we talked about. You know, they're coming off a game, a tough game, where the quarterback situation was in flux. We're coming off a week of rest. We feel strong. We feel confident. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he's mentioned that he feels as good as he ever felt. The same thing with Devontae. You know, I'm just really confident in what we're trying to do here, and I I expect a win. This is just the beginning of, of what we're trying to do. This is the first chapter in our story of this 2020-21 season um, that, to me, you know, is, has a great chance to end in a Super Bowl finally for the Packers. 
Well, I certainly hope so. And I have to say, coming out of this conversation we've had, Ron, I'm very, very much more optimistic <laughs> than I was coming into it. I feel good. I feel good right now about how this game's going to go down because you're right. The, the I don't think Jared Goff in that Rams offense is going to be able to move the ball. And I think we're going to be able to do just enough on our offensive side of the ball to score just enough points to to beat them. And I think when we're executing at our highest level, it beats any defense that can be put in front of us. Absolutely. You want to get into some quick quick hitters here to close out the pod, Brown? Yeah, let's do it. All right. If uh, we we did this last week, if he if he didn't listen, uh, this is where we set a timer for three minutes. Bron and I just throw questions at each other back and forth and see how many we we can get in in three minutes. All right, you ready yeah, to go? Here, I'll go first. If you didn't listen last week, uh, we had Dominique Daphne on the show, and it was a a great conversation with him heading into the playoffs. We discussed, you know, home field advantage. We discussed his first touchdown. Um, great conversation with him. And uh, make sure to go watch that after you finish with listening to this episode. But all right, Griffin, get into it. Actually, pause it, go listen to that one, and then just come back to this one. It was a great interview, actually. Dominique's a really, really cool guy. I think you, I think you want to hear it. But uh, quick hitters here. All right, I'll go first. Ready, set, go. Jalen Ramsey or Aaron Donald? Who's a bigger factor in this week's game? Well, for me, it'd have to be Aaron Donald just because I think the Packers will find ways to move Devontae around, and, and we won't see that matchup as much. And, you know, yes, he'll be able to take advantage and, and have his way on one side of the field, but I think Devontae will still have success, you know, when he's not guarded by him. That's a great point. We can uh, we can move Devontae around, and I think they're going to do a great job at moving Donald around over maybe Billy Turner, and I think they'll have great success with that one. Tell me who is the worst of the remaining playoff teams. Uh, worst remaining playoff team. Uh, it's it's got to be Cleveland. <laughs> uh, they, they're good. They're good. But I, I think they're the worst of the remaining teams by yeah, a lot, actually. Yeah, it would be either them or the Rams. And I think the Rams are probably a better team than them. Uh, yeah, the Rams, just have the, the Rams just have the defense. But uh, speaking of Cleveland, do you think they cover the 10-point spread this week against the Chiefs? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, they're coming off a big win. They feel confident. You know, they'll be healthier. They'll get their head coach back in the fold. I think they'll probably cover the spread, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won that game. <laughs> I'd, I'd be kind of shocked if they won, but I do think they're going to play keep away from Patrick Mahomes as much as they can, and I think they're going to dominate time of possession, but I just don't know how you beat the Chiefs. They'll run it at a high level. All right, yeah. so who do you think is currently the better quarterback, Drew Brees or Tom Brady? Is this a is this a joke? It's Tom Brady by like a million years. Drew Brees, yeah. he's uh, he does not scare me. Every time he drops back, I'm like, oh god, here comes old man Jenkins. Yeah, no, for me, I would I would also say Tom Brady just because of especially what he's doing right now. I think he's playing some of the best ball that he's played in a while. Yeah, uh, if Drew Brees comes to Lambeau Field, how long do you think his longest pass will be? Probably seven or eight yards. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm thinking like five or six. Oh, you got me there. All right. Tell me how happy you are on a scale of 1 to 10 that the Bears are keeping Matt Nagy and, and uh, their GM pace. Uh, that's an 8. It would be a 10 if they kept Trubisky. I would love it if they kept Trubisky. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Speaking of Trubisky, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback and now a Nickelodeon valuable player. He won the MVP on s- Sunday. Uh, is he a Hall of Famer? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's in there. He's in He's. He's in the conversation. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, who is the who has the worst running game in the remaining playoff teams? Tell me the worst running game. Uh, it's Tampa Bay with Fat Lenny. Well, they've got Ronald Jones. He's very good. 
yeah, true, but he, he's hurt, isn't he? Okay, 20 seconds. Um, uh, Name a team that didn't make the playoffs this year that'll make it next year. Um, The Lions. Oh, God, that's hot. 10 seconds. Uh, Tell me who wins the Saints-Bucks matchup. Uh, Buccaneers, I think it's close, though, and time's up. That's right. good. That was productive. Yeah. That was that we got some good conversation in there. Just three minutes after all. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good Definitely. stuff. I think I think we've had a good conversation this whole podcast, Bron. I think we've talked some good good football. I think we've uh we've discussed everything there's just there is to discuss about this Rams game. And uh I'm pretty pretty confident coming out of this pod. Let's finish it up here, Griff. Tell me, you know, let's let's talk about predictions. Let's and give me an X factor. Give me you know, a nice in depth um, answer on on your prediction and and what will go down in this game, you know who wins these matchups that we're talking about. You know the Aaron Donald versus the O line, Ramsey versus Devontae, and these in you know in the limited snaps we'll see it. Tell me your prediction and then give me your true X factor for this game. I think that Ramsey versus Devontae matchup is going to be just electric. I think every football I said this earlier, every football fan in the world is excited for this matchup. All pro versus all pro. And I'm excited to see how much uh how much trash talking Jalen Ramsey does to get in Devontae's ear because no no one's really able to get in his head. He's not a trash talker. He's just a flex in your face kind of guy. So that'll be fun to watch. I'm excited for that one. And I think Devontae does have an edge there just because of no one's able to cover him. I, I don't I don't care who's in front of him. I don't think anyone's covering that man one-on-one. And I think he's going to get a lot of one-on-one looks with Ramsey. And an X factor would probably be Devontae too, because I think he's going to have a great day, whether it be on Ramsey or if we move him around inside, which I do think we're going to do a lot of. I think this is one of the games where Matt LaFleur comes into it knowing we got to we got to get the ball in Devontae's hands, and I think Aaron's going to uh, play that way as well. And for a score prediction, I would never, ever predict a Packers loss. So uh, I'm going to say Packers win. Uh, 24 to 10. 24 to 10. That feels good. Jeez. <laughs> you know, that's low for a playoff. I, w- I mean, I'm not going to, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Um, but yeah. Well, 10- every, every week we're predicting 40 points. <laughs> and then, they, then they score like 31 and we're like, oh man. Yeah. No, kind I'm, of a letdown. Yeah. We're not going to get to 40, but, um, well, let me, let me get into mine here for me. Uh, this game is going to come down to if the Packers can do their job against this tough Rams defense, and if that happens, you know it doesn't even matter what the go- what the <laughs> it doesn't even matter what the Rams can do um, against our defense because it won't be enough. Um, so for me, it starts on offense, and I think it starts with those two tackles. Um, of course, we signed Jared Valdir, and and then he tested positive for COVID, so hopefully nobody else tests positive now. But um, no close contacts. So, you know, things are looking good there, but we never know if somebody is a carrier of the of the virus and ends up testing positive. That's a whole situation. So we'll just have to hope these next few days, um, you know, end up being okay and we don't get any more positive tests. But um, hopefully, um, hopefully it's, you know, those two tackles, Bill Turner um, and Rick Wagner out there. I, those two guys are the X factor for me. Um, and of course, you know, really the whole O-line, because if Aaron Donald's going to be a factor, he's going to have to be stopped in the middle. And those, those edge rushers, we're going to have to be able to contain their pass rush. That's, that's the true key for me, because if that happens, you know, no, no team has the personnel to stop what we do on offense when Rogers feels comfortable. And if that's the case, uh, you know, I think we win big. So for what I'm going to say for a score, 
is going to be, I'm going to say 29 to 16. I think it's going to be one of those games where we do kick a couple field goals as opposed to what we've been doing all year, only kicking 16 field goals in 17 games, which is crazy. But I think we'll end up getting some field goals because the Rams do have the personnel to stop us a couple times. Uh, but I also think we'll score our fair share of touchdowns and, and we'll win comfortably. That'd be great. That'd be great if that's how the game ended up. I would take a 29-point game. I'd feel good coming out of that game. But hopefully hopefully they score even more than 29. Wouldn't that be nice if they just put on a show against the number one defense in the NFL? Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. What'd you say? It could definitely happen. That could definitely happen. You're right. I mean, <laughs> we've seen it happen where we go, or speaking for myself here, we go into games thinking, oh boy, this is going to be a nail biter. I hope they can narrowly escape this one. And then like the Titans game would just blow them out. So that could totally happen. And I would be elated, but uh, it's going to be a great game regardless. I believe whether, whether it's close or whether it's a blowout, I think it's going to be fun to watch, especially this Jalen Ramsey versus Devonte matchup. I'm really excited for that one, but that's going to do it for the podcast. Thank you all for listening this long. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube and share with your friends, share with you, share with your family. Uh, but hopefully we're back next week. Hopefully we're back next Thursday discussing an NFC championship preview. That would be amazing. I'm getting chills. Just thinking about it. Uh, Braun, Thanks for joining me. Great discussion, as always. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, Griff, it, this was a great discussion. And uh, like you mentioned, to be able to uh, hopefully see another NFC Championship game, this time feeling better than we have in many years, uh, that that does give you chills. And, and, you know, thanks, everybody, for listening. This was a great episode, and we're looking forward to hopefully more um, that have a lot of meaning to them. Um, like I said, thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe, make sure to, you know, find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, um, and anywhere you listen. Uh, thanks for listening. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Thanks everybody.